We made it. I'm Drew here with Ashley and Derek, and we just got back from June eighth, nineteen eighty four. The past. What a trip. Bird Theater was cool, right? Oh yeah, it was beautiful. So before we get into that, Ashley, why don't you explain what we do here on New Release 1984? So each week we travel back in time to the best year ever to watch whatever movie just hit theaters. All right, let's jump in. Hello, Ghostbusters. Ghosts. My girl, Dan. They're real. You do? They're mean. You have? They're here. Someone's got to stop them. It's a job for the Ghostbusters. The best, the only. We came, we saw, we kicked it. Ghostbusters, rated (laughs) PG. Coming soon to a theater near you. (laughs) So we watched, as you guessed, Ghostbusters. I don't don't know. Does this movie even like have a tagline? It does. Um, they're here to save the world. Oh, yeah. That classic tagline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that's the only one? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, most original posters did not say, who you going to call? But they should have. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of uh, leading you to say that because I was looking for, yeah, I was looking at old movie posters for it and they didn't have... Most of them just were blank, just like this black poster with the uh, with the cast or with the ghost, the iconic uh, logo on it. But of course, if you asked, like, this is one of the few movies we've done where if you polled 100 people on the street, every single person would know the tagline or they would think they know the tagline and they would say, who are you going to call? So <laughs> we, as you know, oh, yeah. And <laughs> by the way, I, I did not write my own tagline because... <laughs> <laughs> I'm not that that cocky, just barely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> As you know, we went back in time on our scooters to see this in theaters. Uh, it dawned on me that we haven't talked about which theater we go to when we go on our weekly time traveling adventures. So, Ashley, uh, describe describe the theater. Well, so we went to. Um, this week we went to the Bird Theater, which is this beautiful decadent theater in Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> I mean, I, as 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 we may have mentioned, uh, have we mentioned that I was born in 1984? I don't know. Yeah, just like 45 times. So okay, if you want to keep well, talking about it. But <laughs> so, in theory, I could go back in time and run into my baby self, but you couldn't. So no, yeah. we have not we have not seen Baby Drew yet at the theater. <laughs> anyway. Since nobody has any clue what this movie is about, why don't, why don't you sum it up for us in, in 30 seconds or less? So a group of parapsychologists, which are um, psychologists that study the paranormal activity, mm-hmm. track down ghosts throughout New York City using sweet-ass proton packs, <laughs> and then they capture ghosts, and that's it. That's the whole movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, nailed it. Uh, you are really getting good at doing this in like 15 <laughs> seconds. Yeah, does she get bonus points for... Making it shorter? The shortest, yeah. <laughs> it was... <laughs> Time's up. <laughs> What's uh, so cool, I mean, the better, not the, I wouldn't say necessarily the better a movie is, but the easier a movie is to sell. And like as we look back on some of these iconic uh, movies from the 80s, if you can sum it up in 10 seconds and immediately like think that that sounds like 
a really awesome movie. <laughs> That's a good sign. <laughs> so the fact that you can kind of sum this up in, in about 10 seconds, uh, IMDB says three former parapsychology professors set up shop as unique as a unique ghost removal service. That's way more boring than yeah. yours. But <laughs> even if you say that when you're like pitching it to a studio, ghost removal services, what? So, and it's comedy. Um, I don't, Dan Aykroyd wrote the scripts. Uh, so I'm sure that they are always like, you know, had this tone and, and this, this, the expectation that it would be um, not necessarily a horror movie uh, premise. So as a comedy, this is just a really creative premise. We're um, obviously we've all seen this movie before, but have you seen it like a million times? Were you obsessed with this movie? Is this a big nostalgia movie for you, Ashley? No, <laughs> yeah. it was really good as a kid. <laughs> I think we, I think I watched it maybe once or twice as a child yep. growing up. And I remember really enjoying it, but I didn't go back and keep watching it over and over again. Right. So. I, this, is, this is a recurring a recurring theme, but like the movies that we probably watch the most are going to be early 90s movies or mid 90s movies versus uh, mm-hmm. 80s movies. So Derek, what about you? Uh, Ghostbusters 2, actually. I watched a lot more than this one. I wonder if I even... I must have seen it, but... I watched this movie again like five years ago or so. Uh, I think I said it last week when I was living in Denver. And that felt like a really fresh experience then. And, you know, five years is enough time for it to basically to, to feel pretty new again. Mm-hmm. And I did. Yeah. Same, same as you, Ashley. No surprise. I did not <laughs> watch it on my own privately in my, in my bedroom over and over like some <laughs> other movies. Um, was there one thing? from this recent viewing experience of today <laughs> that you loved or hated? I love the special effects. Ooh, cool. Okay. They were, they were incredible. I was really impressed. Well, let's like talk about, game. let's talk about the difference between practical effects, which I've, uh, I've always been drawn to in like eighties horror movies where they have to do everything uh, practically in the thing and, and, uh, reanimator and stuff where there's just all these like real not real guts from real people (laughs) but uh (laughs) they're actually touching gooey slimy uh stuff in real life but i thought i thought this movie was really interesting because it was a mixture of both things so you're talking specifically about like the ghost special effects and the laser special effects which they were not I don't know what they were seeing on set, if anything, but those were added as as computer effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I really like those effects. And then when the Stay Puff Marshmallow mm. Man blew up, that was pretty cool. Did you? Do you know how they did some of that stuff? I don't, but I do know that they used fifty pounds of shaving cream to. <laughs> <laughs> was there? What was the joke that Bill Murray didn't really have any on him after oh. the Marshmallow Man explodes? Spoiler. Yeah, I didn't get that at all. I didn't understand how he like survived it. To be honest, I thought it was. I mean, all of them should have. All of them should have died. The whole building, yeah. the whole top of the building, explodes right like uh, feet away from where they are. And my theory was that the reason they didn't um, they survived was because the marshmallow uh, protected cream them. protected them. Yeah, it formed like a, a force field. Um, I mean, the marshmallow in the the building exploded at the same time, but let's just say the marshmallow travels faster than flame as everyone knows. <laughs> um, yeah. 
And yeah. but that theory doesn't really hold up if Bill Murray uh, for some Survives. reason didn't have any on him. <laughs> right. Uh, so I think they just thought that was funny because it was mm-hmm. kind of like random. So yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you loved the the computer generated special effects. I was going to talk about the set design and how i mean there's there's the proton pack the sweet ass proton packs that you mentioned (laughs) and they had to build you know uh, they had to build obviously all that stuff from Mm -hmm. other like taking inspiration from like military packing gear and uh and different things so like the the ghost meter that they they use with the that lights up that was like a shoe polisher or something (laughs) that they had lights to um but even more than the like obvious stuff, the ghost trap, the things that they built that were like equipment that they used, the set decoration was so cool. Like mm-hmm. the old the old equipment that they have at their office, uh, it's an it's a abandoned or a dilapidated fire station. Mm-hmm. So that's why they have the the pole that they get to slide down. Uh, it's just it's like eye candy to look at uh, Sigourney Weaver's apartment has these these beautiful like ornate windows it's in this uh old gothic style building yeah yeah it's I googled the uh the building during the movie and it's like 55 Central Park West or something so it's a real building but it was not a tall building so another type of special effect that they did was matte painting which is where you show a painting of like a tall building <laughs> to make the build and and that stuff stuck out right Ashley yeah but in a kind of a good way like it didn't mm-hmm. it didn't distract you at all no it didn't you could see me from, the like, dogs like <laughs> right you could tell like those were like puppets and you can just like, see different things but no it didn't yeah. distract me at all I really yeah I thought it. it was like it was charming the same way the old equipment and stuff is like not meant to be practical like mm-hmm. when you're trapping the ghost in their containment their storage unit and you press like three different buttons to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to accept the ghost and then to process the ghost and then to contain the, butt, the, the ghost. And then you flip a giant lever. It's just like, it's really tactile. To put it in the grid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, we'll talk about the, the 2016 Ghostbusters with uh, uh, female leads a little bit later. But I was just, I was thinking how it's so hard to show technology in newer movies because they everything's gotten like sleeker and more minimal Mm -hmm. and they try to keep some of the charm of like having to these are like kind of crazy mad scientist types that are building their own stuff um kate mckenna is that her name from Mm -hmm. snl yeah she's way more of a mad scientist (laughs) than anybody (laughs) in this movie uh but it's just like I don't know that that it doesn't look as um, cool in the in the present future versus the past future. Let's see what's next. Was uh, oh the other the other thing I loved. I know we're just supposed to do one. Was that whole conversation that they have with the mayor? <laughs> um, some choice dialogue from from that scene uh, at the expense of Pecker Peckerhead. Or uh, <laughs> the EPA dude named uh, Peck. Peck, yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of dick jokes in that in mm-hmm. that scene. So, should we? Uh, speaking of uh, dickless, should we move on to choose your character? Oh yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> I don't know what that segue <laughs> meant. 
<laughs> All right. So choose your character is where we imagine we just walked into an arcade, the new Ghostbusters game, it, the new Ghostbusters machine is there in front of us. We're cycling through characters and we are going to pick who we want to play the game with. So this is the perfect type of movie. We could stick to the ghost, the core cast. We could stick to the Ghostbusters themselves and, and each pick one of those. Or we could think outside the box. I threw a Slimer into mm-hmm. the mix. Gozer, brief but beautiful performance. Um, and yeah, anyone else? So Ashley, who, who are you uh, leaning towards? Uh, Slimer, for sure. Okay, I had a feeling. Obvious. Well, I mean, he just eats the whole time and then he just <laughs> runs through buildings. He's great. And he's eating like all those hot dogs no one's seen in New York City. Uh-huh. New York City hot dogs are very good. You, so. you don't think that's a little like excessive? No, it's great. <laughs> 20 hot dogs in, in, in your mouth at one time. Um, <laughs> I didn't include the, the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man because he's too big. <laughs> that's it <laughs> yeah, that's a, um so we got just to run through a couple of the characters real quick bill murray is uh Venkman. dan Aykroyd is stance sigourney weaver is dana barrett harold ramus is egon um and my character annie potts janine i knew see it. that one coming yeah i saw the it sassy uh, <laughs> great voice great um at answering the phone but not like doing it eagerly <laughs> just <laughs> she's kind of got a thing oh the other the other thing i like so my second choice would have been egon uh the the kind of straight uh more nerdy of the bunch mm-hmm. and uh she they have a they kind of have a low-key romance going on so i feel like the fact that she's drawn to the best male character in my opinion uh makes is another is another pro for her so mm-hmm. Anybody want to uh, defend Bill Murray? No. <laughs> because, <laughs> no. Yeah. yeah. Derek, you sure? He's the worst. The landmine. You can, you can gladly <laughs> stuff one. The movie opens with Bill Murray and classic Bill Murray uh, uh, kind of a cocky asshole style doing this, this test uh, for the effect of trauma or the effect of negative reinforcement on people with ESP. Uh, he's there's a guy there's a pretty blonde woman and a dude with big hair I guess big <laughs> hair because every time he answers the question he gets shocked by Bill Murray whether he gets it right or wrong and then every time the girl answers she gets it wrong but he tells her <laughs> he's get, yeah. she's getting it right so he can <laughs> hit on her um, very unprofessional he, the second he uh, shows up at Sigourney Weaver's place on a business trip uh to to look for ghost he's hit, hitting on her the whole time uh and of course the movie ends <laughs> with them kissing and getting together so there's that indiana jones the glasses yeah. are over <laughs> indiana jones at least like he was doing his job and i mean he comes off as way more defensible uh, mm-hmm. than than bill murray i mean bill murray is just a a, a dick and mm-hmm. and like treating treating women pretty terribly he's supposed to be some of it might be like a different lens of the of the time period of now for sure but even at the time his character was supposed to be um kind of a jerk yet she still falls for him yep so i mean 
they are they are famous and they do save the world so <laughs> i guess so there's that so a few points a few points for that uh derek what do you who who are you leaning towards well you guys didn't assign me one so i'm, I'm surprised by that so well, uh, I, I want you i want one. you guys to, to guess yeah I so this one. <laughs> I, I know that you're not gonna think this is you because i don't even know if you noticed him but there's a really good extra he's just jumping all around he's crazy with red hair do you notice him yeah That's oh wait you. i thought i was i thought you were gonna say the the, the like hippie dude who photo bombs the reporter so no i'm, I'm the hippie guy behind uh, the reporter you can't no. always like, be the hippie guy who, who itches his like neck beard yeah <laughs> y'all are uh, y'all are dead wrong i'm sorry <laughs> there's such an obvious one wait let me say let me say i mean it's Derek's so, same character the gorny from, weaver i'm just kidding <laughs> has I mean, um it's Derek's same same actor from last week <laughs> oh lewis <laughs> tully played by rick moranis yeah the 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 super healthy geek nerd guy yeah i like super them. healthy yeah <laughs> Because <laughs> he had the the, the smoked salmon <laughs> and seltzers and yeah. uh, talked about vitamins a lot. So uh, Rick Moranis from Honey I Shrunk Your Kids and Streets of Fire fame was Sigourney Weaver's neighbor a couple doors down, and he would wait by the door. And if he hear, hears her coming home, he pops out and corners her for as long of a conversation as he can can get before she. Uh, shuts her door in his face and so that he was mostly harmless but it was like every single time Sigourney Weaver was on on screen early in the movie uh, and pretty much throughout she was being harassed by (laughs) by shitty men Lewis is like supposed to be and this is not this is not commentary on Derek uh, of course he was the commentary on Derek is just that he's a he was a geek Um, but the the his behavior towards women was kind of just supposed to be a joke and that's you know it wasn't really offensive um bill bill murray's was arguably like offensive because of the results <laughs> because it was validated by working i would say lewis um although which one gets the what gets to sleep with her during the movie lewis yeah I mean, <laughs> it's technically of. he's technically the the key master, and she's the beast master, and her, gatekeeper, uh, gatekeeper, yeah. <laughs> beast master. <laughs> I I will say one more one more thing about Bill Murray's character. This movie did avoid a really uh, obvious trap, which was when Bill Murray goes over there for their date that she that he harassed her into, um, mm-hmm. and she's possessed by Zul. She is. Uh, forcing herself Zul is forcing Sigourney Weaver to force herself on Bill Murray and uh, he 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 abstains so mm-hmm. he knows she's possessed obviously there's no kind of they don't play it subtle there's no like question of is it <laughs> is it her so if he had gone through with it it would have basically been you know irredeemable so they did they did avoid that i don't think the ending would have would have even at the time worked uh, for people if if i mean people were very forgiving (laughs) of that but it shouldn't have worked at the time uh if if they had hooked up so yeah that's a little thing uh that you call sex position but we'll get to that in tropes okay (laughs) there were a couple choice one-liners which um which one do you want to do here, Ashley? 
<laughs> yes, it's true. This man has no dick. <laughs> yeah. I, the, so the setup for that one is they're in the, they're in the mayor's office and uh, one of them calls the EPA dude dickless and then the mayor, and then they talk about like the apocalypse that's coming and the mayor's like, is all of that true? And Bill Murray's like, yeah, it is true. <laughs> this man has no dick. <laughs> Which obviously I don't I don't need to explain the joke. Um <laughs> anymore. My, my favorite uh my favorite one liner was the my my killer combo of Egon and Janine, where she's like, Do you have any hobbies? And he's like, I collect spores, mold, and fungus. <laughs> And, and so his the reason i liked his character is because of his the, yeah dan Aykroyd's pretty funny bill murray is being bill murray um mm-hmm. but i like the deadpan delivery of lewis the best that's closest to my own unique brand of humor did did y'all find bill murray and dan Aykroyd funny by the way yes okay which one <laughs> yeah. well which one and when how much <laughs> sure and every time you laughed um, I laughed a good amount of this movie, actually. Bill Murray is very funny, and he, he improvised is. most of his lines, so. What a so there's dick. that. Yeah. yeah, what a dick. Not dickless, <laughs> what a dick. Yeah. Um, um, no, I thought he was great. I, I like Dan Aykroyd as well. Um, and since he co-wrote it with um, Harold Ramis, who plays Egon, mm-hmm. and I thought it was cool that two out of the four Ghostbusters like, were the writers of Ghostbusters, which is pretty cool. Yeah, they have, that's probably what, what really kind of elevated this movie is their chemistry. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the scene early in the movie, the kind of the opening ghost scene is the, uh, well, it opens with an older lady getting chased to the library by a ghost. But when they go to the library, there's an old ghost lady, not the older lady from earlier. And they're like hiding around the corner, strategizing and stuff and, and just bantering back and forth. So their chemistry all throughout the movie is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, did we even mention, we didn't even mention Winston, um, the black ghostbuster who comes in much later in the movie and honestly doesn't get a ton to do, right? <laughs> no, he doesn't have a lot of screen time, which he complained about because he thought he was going to have a bigger part going into it. Yeah, they could have, They one, they had already appeared on every talk show and traveled um, coast to coast fighting ghosts. They were hugely famous and uh popular and getting all this notoriety and yet they didn't ever hire any any (laughs) any more help (laughs) they never they don't hire another person uh for janine she's Mm -hmm. worked two weeks without a break she says and then winston comes in like uh three-fourths of the way through the movie and you know then he's just gets he has like one scene riding around with dan Aykroyd, (laughs) and then of course he's there at the end so that's cool but Mm -hmm. but yeah I can I can imagine him being being annoyed and the movie gets like a couple points for representation, but not not right. not, not much. Marshall. Yeah. All right, let's go to this just in. All right. Here's our breaking news segment from 1984. I've got a little factoid for y'all. And it occurred to me when we were uh, doing research for this movie that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic book issue number one had come out uh, weeks before, just a couple weeks before this, this movie. So when we were going back in time, 
I tried to convince y'all to let me go to the comic book shop right around the corner from the Bird Theater. Issue number one of TMNT, bring it back to the future and sell it for 80K on eBay. But for some reason, you thought that was a bad idea, Ashley? Well, you're just tampering with the future. It's just 80K. What if, but what if someone else wanted to get like a little boy, like this was like his dream to have this oh one little thing and you're stealing it from him? Yeah. You know? What if baby Can't drew? He- what if baby drew really wanted it? <laughs> yeah. And then Derek pointed out that, you know, they could just buy a lottery ticket or something. <laughs> there you other, go. Other easier ways. <laughs> um, let's, uh, let's do the box office reports. Guess what's number one? Ghostbusters! Break in. Barely. So, break in. <laughs> yeah. Hey, break in is still in the top 10 at number 10. Um, no, so as we as we alluded to last week, Ghostbusters and Gremlins were playing at the same time. So we had to go to the Bird Theater because that's where they were showing Ghostbusters. But right around the corner at the Pigeon Theater, they were showing Gremlins. Not a real theater. Um, <laughs> Ghostbusters made thirteen million, and Gremlins made twelve. So, and Indiana Jones also made twelve. Wow, what a hotly contested. Top three, Star Trek three, Search for Spock, which we somehow <laughs> completely forgot about, <laughs> uh, is at number four with nine million. Splash is, oh, Splash must have gotten like re-released into theaters because it went from number 14 up to five. And our good friend Firestarter also gained some steam. It was at 15 and now it's up to seven. So Nice. Good for them. All right, Drew. Down at number 15, last one, Footloose. That'll be important later. <laughs> Did you know that um, this is the highest grossing comedy of all time until one movie came out in 1990? Do you know what movie Ooh, that was? Rush uh, Hour. Beverly Hills Cop. Home Three? Alone. Oh. oh nice. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's a, that's a good point. The budget for this movie was twice that of Indiana Jones, but its box office was 295 million total. What did, what did, um, what did Indy make? Do you know? I do not know. But I do know that uh, they originally were going to make this movie set in the future, and it would have cost them $300 million to make the budget. Inch- <laughs> that seems a little absurd. high. Which is absurd. Yeah, <laughs> which is absurd. So they're like, I mean, never mind. <laughs> it, there's, you obviously have to adjust that for inflation, so I think that makes it like a billion-dollar movie. But the Avengers movies and stuff today, for some context, like they can go up to about a $200 million budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, because now movies are making like globally a, a, a huge comic book adaptation it makes close to a billion dollars or over a billion dollars. So um, it's still, a, but a $300 million movie to green light that in the eighties would have absolutely never happened. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's 10 times the budget uh, that it was. So that must've been, I was reading about the, the set stuff uh, mm-hmm. and the, the car specifically the Ectomobile iconic. The original plans for the Ectomobile would be that it would be able to like disappear and rematerialize and would also check this out, be able to travel through time, what? interdimensional time. So we okay, could have, right. we could have uh, maybe we should go back in time, get our hands on that, take it back to the present, ditch those lame ass scooters that Derek likes so much, 
and, tra- and travel discreetly in the ectomobile. <laughs> very discreet, very yeah. discreet. Um, <laughs> were there any uh, reviews for this movie? I doubt it. Yeah, just like one or two yeah. hundred thousand reviews. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Ghostbusters is a head-on collision between two comic approaches that have rarely worked together very successfully. This time they do. It's a special effects blockbuster and sly dialogue movie in which everybody talks to each other like smart graduate students who are in on the joke. Hmm. Roger Ebert, 84. I, I kind of get where he's coming from. Like they work in science talk. It's mm-hmm. uh, again, in sort of that it's mostly Egon and, and that deadpan style. And yep. it's, they do sound smart, even though it's kind of undercut by like Bill Murray's character who's just more uh, concerned with making jokes and, and harassing Sigourney Weaver than yeah. <laughs> acting like a scientist as she calls him out. Did did anybody not like this movie at the time? I couldn't find really yeah. many bad reviews, so. That makes sense. Just I mean, the reviews. we'll get a, once again, when we get to the most recent Ghostbusters uh, remake, there was this whole uh, mm-hmm. completely ridiculous outrage uh, from uh, young boys probably on on reddit that were mad that or actually i shouldn't say young boys um (laughs) immature uh, dickless boys of all ages that were that (laughs) were annoyed they were making they were remaking ghostbusters with women so but so i and because that story got so much attention i sort of and i didn't see the movie the new one until this week I wasn't sure if it got good reviews or not, but it actually, the new one got favorable reviews mm-hmm. from people with dicks and without, um, without. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that makes sense. Not a lot of bad reviews, uh, mm-hmm. if any. And was there any interesting trivia that you unearthed? Sure. So um, the role of Peter Vinkman that's played by Bill Murray was supposed, was written for John Belushi. Hmm. Um, but he died as Dana Aykroyd was writing the script. So, pretty sad. Wait, wait, wait. Which one Which one was he? He was going to be Vinkman? He was going to be Bill Murray's Bill Murray. character. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. That's weird. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it's like an iconic character for him now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't for him. And the only reason he decided to do this movie was because he wanted Columbia Pictures to finance a remake of The Razor's Edge, which is like a war movie with him as the star. And they're like, yeah, sure, we'll do it. For you, why not? And then it bombed. So that's what Ackroyd. This that was Ackroyd's passion project, and this was his commercial concession. Oh, Bill, this was Bill Murray's passion project. Oh, okay, I see. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Yep. And then, so what was? What do you think the original title of the film was? Ooh, um, it's pretty similar to help. <laughs> Ghost police. Ghost mans. Ghost mans. <laughs> sure. Um, ghost Smashers. Oh my god. Which is very terrible. Like it's way well, worse than Ghostbusters, I think. But. That, that does kind of. They were looking at uh, synonyms for smash and they found bust. Yeah. So that is the next closest thing to. I mean, not the next closest thing, but Ghost Killers would have the wrong connotation. Um, ghost Fighters, maybe. But Ghost. Well, it's sort of like a dustbuster in a any kind of the movie was about their ghost uh, eradicating services. So cleaning the streets of ghosts, yeah. Yeah, it, that that works. I mean, well, I, we don't need to tell anyone that the name Ghostbusters works. I guess. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I think yeah. people figured it out. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Let's see. What else? So in the middle of the film's initial release to keep interest going, they ran a trailer that was basically the Ghostbusters commercial. Um, and then they used a 555 number. So if you call it in, mm-hmm. the, five, uh, the 555 number was replaced by a 1-800 number. So if you called in, you'd hear a message from Bill Murray, Murray or Dan Aykroyd. Mm. And then they got around 1,000 calls per hour, 24 hours a day for six weeks, which is <laughs> nuts. People had plenty of free time. So much free time. Um, so speaking of Dickless, yep. so that, the guy who plays that character, um, people hated him so much. They like, tried to fight him in bars. And they would just yell at him, "Hey, Dickless!" And he got that for like, like tormented for years because of that role. So, did y'all think that that made that villain made any sense or was necessary? I mean, I guess it was necessary to release the ghost into the city. Yeah, but no, they could have just had a power outage and the ghost would have been released. Right, you know? he was really one dimensional. The whole standoff with, uh, I mean, it was a kind of a tense, effective scene where he is raiding the Ghostbuster shop. And trying to release the, uh, they've been spending like a year rounding up all the ghosts in the in the country, and of course, they, this guy just comes downstairs and ruins <laughs> it, it with one cop, and and yeah, releases them all in the city. So um, that was that was a waste of everyone's time leading up to that. But yeah, he was uh, he deserved every single bit of harassment he got. No, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, poor guy. One of my tropes, we can continue trivia, but one of the tropes real quickly was 555. Every time you see a number in movies, mm-hmm. it's 555 if they don't want people to call. <laughs> I mean, because <laughs> they assume people will call and if they 555 is reserved for not having numbers on it. <laughs> reserved for not being a number Um, unlike that 8675309 song which was a real number and she got like harassed for years because of it yeah it's so that's a problem yeah Um, (laughs) what What else you you got what do you think the original proton packs were before they became proton packs what do you think they had i sort of skimmed skim read this right after the movie uh so i thought it i remember seeing something about a military backpack but maybe that's not what it was no. So I know how much they weighed. Oh, how much? 30 pounds. Oh. Very heavy. So originally they were going to be wands. Hmm? Which are, so the proton pack was going to be a wand, and they're going to be long sticks with a ball at the end, and then <laughs> Ghostbusters would fire them by flicking their wrists, like as a magician would. Like like Spider-Man? Yeah, to like get the well, Like ghosts. Harry Potter. Yeah. Oh, that's so lame. Yeah, Harry Potter, so... not, not the wand thing. Also, the one cheap thing. shot. Yeah. yeah, cheap shot. Come on. <laughs> um, okay, I thought you meant what they used to make them. You mean no, like the they weren't going to have proton gonna packs have, at all? No, they were just going to have wands to flick the wrist to get the ghost. Yeah, I don't know that that would have worked. So lame. I will say, I mean, and I noticed this uh, with the newer movie as well. They're cool looking and shooting mm-hmm. the stream, the glowing streams at the ghost and chasing them around the hotel and destroying everything is fun <laughs> but <laughs> completely impractical i mean it goes without saying it's not it's not that it takes me out of the movie at all it's just kind of like uh doesn't make any sense that they that they in, that they strap these nuclear reactors to their back and yeah. then they almost shoot a maid the second they they turn around a turn a corner they like light up this uh maid cart with the person behind it 
So very safe. If you know, if they kill that person, we got a slightly different movie on our hands. Um, did you guys notice a famous porn star as an extra? Oh, Dick was she, uh, EPA. No. Was she wearing pink? He. Oh, he. Mm-hmm. Oh, you said male porn star? Ron Jeremy. I just said porn star. Yeah. Oh, okay. I did not, but I, that's the only one that <laughs> Ron Jeremy was in. Known, known yeah, he was an extra in the film, and then later started a porn parody entitled "This Ain't Ghostbusters Triple X." <laughs> that's terrible. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> one second pause, y'all. Drew's finally got to use the restroom. He never has to use the restroom. Pee in a okay. bucket. Well, I'm gonna go <laughs> use it then too. I'll be right back. I'll just hang out by myself. Cool. Just podcast by yourself really quick. Oh, yeah. So what did you think about it? I thought it was great. Oh, I love the movie. What's your favorite theme song? Oh, I don't know. We'll see. I'm just talking to myself right now. I forgot, the, <laughs> uh, I forgot to leave the window open for a while. So she's been meowing Aww. for the last 15 minutes, which I was going to try to ignore. but <laughs> It was getting to, getting to be distracting. I was going to try to wait to rank the blank, but mm, it's fine. No problem, because Derek had to go to the bathroom, too. Yeah. <clears throat> so, is that it for trivia? Sure is. All right, let's do some tropes, yo. <laughs> yo, yo. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing there. You're so hip. <laughs> <laughs> How's this for hip? Do sex machina. Um, probably the easier way to explain it is sex position. So not a sex position. But okay, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> sex position as an exposition plus an S where you tell a part of the story through sex. And sometimes it's, it's sort of organic to the material and makes some sense. But often it's just an excuse to work some sex <laughs> into the movie. Go figure. Um, <laughs> So not not something that movies in the '80s were above. Although there was no there was no nudity or anything in this movie. Okay. Um, Sigourney Weaver's character, it was it was a pretty thankless role for her. She was good in it and likable, and um, there needed to be a woman in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, um, I... for Bill Murray, or did there not be? <laughs> oh no, there needed to be. <laughs> I was just gonna say that she was doing all these serious movies before this movie came out, and she really wanted to like broaden her um acting credits mm-hmm. so she auditioned by like coming in and acting like the dog and just barking and growling and that was her audition it, they it's so. so lame that they didn't like make time or you know work into the script a little more uh, like she could have easily done more stuff in that uh mm-hmm. scene where she's possessed and bill murray shows up all she does is like stand at the door and 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 look uh, sexy mm-hmm. and then she goes in the bed she has one cool moment where she like gets in this really growly voice which might not have even been her voice and talks it's kind of like there's basically a, a scene that's almost a parody not really a parody it plays it straight of the exorcist mm-hmm. <laughs> where <laughs> bill murray in one of his more genuine moments he is like trying to talk to the the character versus the um possessed person who's who's running her he keeps he keeps saying like dana dana i want to talk to dana um exactly like that so there was there's another trope called the oh this one's related the evil evil makeover 
(laughs) (laughs) She goes from like conservative to sexy. So the evil sexy makeover is just a double double whammy. Um, One that I wanted to briefly touch on is Invisible to Normals, which is where like Rick Moranis is running through the streets being chased by the demon dog. And there's like all these people having uh, dinner in this fancy glass dining cube <laughs> in Central Park <laughs> or something. And they don't see what well, was kind of a little bit confusing about the cinematography in that. He's being chased by this demon dog. Everyone at the party sees the, the dog as well, right? Mm-hmm. So the, the ghosts are visible to everyone, but they just are so preoccupied with their dinner that they don't see the they don't ever nobody there sees the demon right mm-hmm. and then it yeah. goes inside of him and yeah. that's why it disappears right oh uh, no nah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just asking genuine questions yeah. oh yeah I'm like yeah, yeah. no it does <laughs> he becomes like possessed by it because the way the way i first interpreted that scene uh when we were watching it was that he was just there was nothing there to them because the way they, they shoot it from like the perspective of inside and there's a dog chasing him, and then there's nothing. Um, so I thought like it was actually invisible, but the trope is more just they're ignoring it. Mm-hmm. But oh, here's a good trope. Last one. I'll leave on this. Weapons that suck. <laughs> <laughs> Little double entendre there. Weapons that pull stuff in. Weapons that let's see if they got any other um, good guys. Will use freaking laser beams to defeat bad guys or the monster. Uh, so yeah, it's the science fictiony approximation of a bullet. Oh, fucking lasers! Fucking lasers! <laughs> Let's do some rank the blank. Well, why am I doing that voice? <laughs> I like it. Keep going. Rank the blank. Woo! We are about to bust out. <laughs> One of our best rank the blanks yet. <laughs> best, best original theme songs is, is how I'm describing it. So the song has to be the name of the movie. It has to be an original song uh, or an original version of the song because I had to, I had to shoehorn my favorite, my favorite one into the list. So, but it has to be the name of the movie. So Ghostbusters, for example. The song Ghostbusters. Uh, are you familiar with that one, Ashley? I've heard it a couple of times. Yeah, today. <laughs> today, alone. <laughs> we argued over the fact. Well, when we before we started recording, you said you liked how they didn't use the song very much in the movie, and I said, "What did I say?" They used it too much. <laughs> Not too much, <laughs> three, but three I, times. Three yeah. times. I was like, they used. I thought they. I was going to say they used it a lot. So I wanted more of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the the other the other thing that I thought was awesome is before they've fought any ghosts. I mean, we know now because the movie is, is part of uh, public consciousness uh, and we've seen it, that they're going to be fighting ghosts. And you know from the name, obviously. But before they had f- anybody had fought any ghosts, they play like the theme song to get you hyped up for the movie. And it just, it totally works. I can't imagine, um, we'll get to some other songs that, that kind of work as hype tracks outside of like the rocky theme if you take if you take like this one song out of the movie it just like immediately works 
uh, 50% less, like the whole movie <laughs> it deflates <laughs> quite, a, quite a bit. And, and that's why they use it uh, at the beginning, in the middle, during the Ghostbuster, Ghostbusters Get Famous montage, and then at the end during Ghostbusters Just Save the World slash credits. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is the next one on our list, Ashley? I know this one's near and dear to you. Mortal Kombat. You want to hear a little rendition of it? By you? Yeah. yeah. Please. Just the were, the <laughs> no. way you just said it in plain, plain spoken word does not convey <laughs> the energy. Not, I'm not okay. hyped yet. Let's get, get us hyped. Us. Mortal Kombat. There isn't really um, lasers, but it seems cooler. <laughs> dude, so we saw this movie in theaters. I'm, you must remember this experience. Yes, I remember it. <laughs> oh, I... just, just describe it. So the opening scene of Mortal Kombat, um, Shang Tsung breaks Luke Kane's little brother's back over his knee. Awesome. And our mom immediately turns to us and is like, do you guys want to stay to this movie? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so pumped up about it so I, that's not even the part that i was alluding to i forgot oh, really? about that that's funny um maybe she asked you because you're a girl and uh, she knew I, I i wanted to stay you could take and you were, how old were you how old were you how old was i i don't i had mm, well when did it come out well, let me let me look at that real quick yeah so the the while you do that the the thing i was <laughs> i was gonna point out is that people got up at the front of the theater during when the song would play and danced like they I were don't remember that at all really yeah people were like getting up there and like i don't know if they'd already seen the movie before or it was like this mortal kombat craze sweeping the nation <laughs> but they were ready to like stand up and dance it might have been when they play it at the end or something um but awesome. but yeah i thought so you don't remember that no not at all did um i also used to have the soundtrack yep. cassette recording so each want, fighter had a theme song and it was amazing. I, I want to say that we like tried to get uh, our mom to take us to the music store like right after the movie because I almost remember playing it. I might have like just invented this in my head, but I remember like listening to the the song more right after the movie somehow. I, I think we did. I think we immediately got the cassette and then I slammed <laughs> it in the car door and almost broke it. I oh remember that too. <laughs> so What a... Well, and, now we know where we're getting into our our sweet spot of the nostalgia era. <laughs> Obviously, not Ghostbusters. So it came out in '92, so I was five. Yeah, well, that maybe it was a little harsh for. It's pretty for, aggressive for yeah. <laughs> a five-year-old. I mean, I shouldn't have even. Did, were we even playing the game? I don't. I don't know. I, mean, I was eight. Yeah, I must have been into I'm the sure game. I'm sure you were playing the game. And but that game's not appropriate for you. No, but I liked it because I was just watching you play it. So. Yeah. God, that was so cool. Uh, uh, I don't know where you got 92 from, by the way. It's 95. It's 95. I just looked it up and it said 92. Maybe I can't. Fact check by Derek. Boom. Double Shaka. fact check. Your producer doing his mm-hmm. job. Oh, I looked up when the fighting game came out. <laughs> Not the movie. It's pretty, that's I'm a mistake. pretty quick turnaround. Ooh, that's the arcade. Yeah, the arcade game came out in 92. Yeah. So that's yeah, the, that's a pretty quick turnaround for the, so I was the adaptation. Eight. You were eight. Still, that's that's Still about pretty right. young. That's like I mean, but it doesn't make uh, our mom seem irresponsible. Yeah, not as I mean, bad as it was cool that she asked, mm-hmm. and uh, it was, thank goodness you answered correctly. So I mean, it, yeah. it was rated PG thirteen. So I think your mom's a good person. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> what um, let's let's hear a little bit of the next one, Derek, please. 
<laughs> a little bit of a, not quite a hype track. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for not making me do that. <laughs> <laughs> that is Isabella Rossellini doing a rendition of the Bobby Vinton song, Blue Velvet, from the best movie, objectively, of all time, Blue Velvet, by David Lynch. Derek, you love this movie, right? Yes, I do. And the song is awesome. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> In every way possible. <laughs> I, I, know, I know this isn't going to be our pick, but... Uh, Hearing that that little twenty second clip of it does give me the the, the warm the, and fuzzy the feels <laughs> something yeah. Um, next, why don't you sing the start of this one, Ashley? Oh great! Do you want a snap? Sure. I don't even hear it. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Pretty woman walking down the street. Something something. Pretty woman. <laughs> I want to meet or something. <laughs> it's, Sounds it's, good. I, I didn't plan this connection, but Roy Orbison, uh, well, a Roy Orbison song features prominently in Blue Velvet. And so that's a nice, a nice tie-in in Dreams. In Dreams, I walk. <laughs> uh, uh. Roy Orbison is, is a great singer. So Pretty Woman was uh, obviously iconic. I will say I cheated because the name of the song is O. Pretty Woman, and the name of the movie is Pretty Woman. Mm, so I made a, I made a uh, slight exception there. Yeah. Okay. Well, Derek. <laughs> I'm watching it while it's happening. This so is cheesy. Amazing. It's so good. <laughs> that is Footloose by Kenny Loggins. <laughs> 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 Gotta, gotta, not a cut. Gotta, not, not a, a cut. Loose. <laughs> um, iconic. Uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll just move on uh, from there. Uh, I should have found the clip for Superfly. You want to sing it? I, you should sing it. I'm not I sure I know how it goes. I don't know how it goes either. Yeah, well, we suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh yeah, there Ooh, it is. Okay. Hey. That's funky. Well, this isn't the lyrics part, but it is still such a good song. Yeah. Uh. Does he go super fly? Here. Ooh. Mm. Ooh, I like this. All right, all right. Okay. We can't we, we can't play that anymore because Strong of contender. Uh, copyright issues. But fuck yeah. All right, we got <laughs> one more before we uh, throw our rings into one hat, as the expression goes. <laughs> Let's play it to the last one, Derek. What does he not, say? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not getting out Ashley doesn't want me to stop the song. We have to. Eight more minutes. Any of them. <laughs> Except Blue Velvet, y'all wanted to stop. Yeah, Blue Velvet, you can immediately stop. Yeah. Not start. <laughs> I mean, there's a little, there's no way Blue Velvet can compete with the Prince song, Purple Rain, which is a 1984 movie that we'll be discussing in about a month. So, whew, that was a, that was a killer lineup. Ashley, I'll let you have the first vote. 
Just don't get it wrong. Okay. Definitely not blue velvet. So um, pass on that one. (laughs) That's good. The bottom of the list, actually. We'll keep keep our options open. Okay. I think I'm going to go with Superfly by Curtis Mm. Mayfield. Yeah. Pumped me up the most. It's great. Good choice. It it is. It's like it's not even like cheesy. I mean, the other Ghostbusters is cheesy and it's mm-hmm. a jazz song or like a funk song, but it just like yeah, it it immediately gets my shoulders moving in a really pleasing way to for other people to look at. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Whatever. <laughs> I was saying, you know, like I have really good dance moves in that song make some flow <laughs> mm, okay okay Eric, i'll let you vote since i'm embarrassing myself <laughs> <laughs> you know i will go with the uh i, I don't want to copy but yeah i love that curtis mayfield song the i'm gonna i'm gonna stick up for ghostbusters because of what i said earlier like I don't know. I mean, this probably the same argument probably applies for Superfly. If you just cut it out of the movie, does the movie loses so much energy and and like of it of what makes it what drives it? Mm-hmm. But because and since we just watched Ghostbusters, I know that the movie it was it was absolutely essential to it. And they also say Ghostbusters more than they say Superfly in the clip that we heard. So <laughs> suck it. Bust it. Oh, suck it. I have a, I have a late, it. I have a, pop it. I have a late contender. Those poppers. Okay. <laughs> um, what about Wild Thing from Wild Thing? Hello? Why did I not count that one? I don't know. Yeah, well, that came out in 87. Yeah. Wild Thing. Still very you know why solid. I didn't count that one and you can't count it either? Why? It's not an original song or an original version of an original song. But it's song. so good. You're the worst. Okay. I'm still going to stick with Superfly. I mean, but... I made an exception for Blue Velvet, but... Yeah, I... that's not fair. It's, well, it's not the an worst exception. song ever. Isabella so... Rossellini is not the original performer. Ugh. And who was... What was the band that did uh, Wild Thing? The Trugladors or something? The Trumbladors? <laughs> the Trugladors. No, the Trogs. Ah, oh, the Trogle monsters. The Troubadours. Yeah. <laughs> ghost yep. poppers. Y'all, y'all didn't like that? <laughs> like jalapeno poppers for ghosts? Perfect. Mm. Uh, ghost poppers. Instead of, instead of proton packs, uh, ghost poppers. Ghost popper packs. Popper Say that pack. 10 times fast. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm voting for Ghostbusters, but it sounds like I'm outnumbered. We got two votes for Superfly. So... Can Good you play Superfly a little bit? Just yeah, like okay, a little let's get snippet. One little, gotta, gotta do teast, it. Teast, teast, <laughs> teast. Yeah, you, you want me to play more of it? Just a little, just like a little five second, please. All right, give me a sec. I'm trying to find Superfly. If they don't say Superfly. They, they, he, he does, they do. they do. Ashley, Ghostbusters won blank awards. How many <laughs> blank awards? How many blanking awards did this blank? blank? How many blanking awards did <laughs> Ghostbusters one make? Well, um, it won about six, but a lot of them were like random, like foreign, like German words and like just random international. Huge words. in Germany. Huge. Um, but it did get a BAFTA Film Award for Best Original Song. 
There you go. And that was which one? Ghostbusters. <laughs> so I win. I mean, it was on Basta. the top of the charts for three weeks, so yeah. I guess it was liked by a lot of people. It's, it is funny, though, that this song, I, I think this might even apply to Mortal Kombat, that <laughs> outside <laughs> of the context of the movie, I guess the movie has to be popular for the song to be on the charts, but in Purple Rain, so, so Purple Rain's maybe a better example of where it did not need the movie. That song would have been, um, I think there was a bigger hit song from that movie, uh, chart-topping-wise, but... Mm-hmm. It, these mo- these songs actually hold up. I mean, people listen to the Rocky song oh, yeah. <laughs> outside of the context of the movie. Mm-hmm. I have the tiger is the name. <laughs> I couldn't think <laughs> of that earlier. What uh, do you got? Any special Ashley awards for us? Well, they also. Um, I just wanted oh. to say that they went in for the Academy Awards for the theme song, but they lost to what? To Woman in Red by Stevie Wonder. Oh, Which, what's that you know? from? Do we know? I do not know. Um, they also lost for visual effects too. Want to guess what movie? Ooh, um, never-ending story. <laughs> we just wa- no, we just watched it. It's not Streets of Fire. It's definitely okay. Recently watched it. <laughs> not breaking. It's Firestarter. Temple of Doom. Oh yeah, I guess it I has visual some. effects. Come on. There was a scene in the first, the end of the first Indiana Jones movie, sort of reminded me of the end in this, with the, like the the evil person shooting uh, lasers at at the Ghostbusters, and just kind of this big laser fight at the end of the movie, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can I can I guess see that. I don't know. This movie is so much more. We don't we don't have to start a feud between Indiana Jones and Ghostbusters, but they would just. I- I feel like Ghostbusters should have won. That's yeah. just my opinion. Yeah. Um, well, let's let's fix that. And then okay. Let's get and all then, of our audience to go on Wikipedia and you know. Upvote it. We can unleash the horde. Our- <laughs> <laughs> um, so for the Ashley Award. Yes. I'm gonna say, so greatest voice award. Although he didn't have any lines, Winston has a beautiful voice. Ernie Ooh. Hudson, like his Wait, voice is. What do you mean he didn't have any lines? He didn't have many lines. We should we need to revoke the two points we gave it for <laughs> if he didn't have a single line. No, I thought I thought his voice was like very smooth and like I wish he taught had more lines. He's really handsome. I mean Yeah, he's very, very, very good looking. We haven't this has been one of our less object, objectifying episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say the same thing. I almost wanted to be his character because he's so good looking. Yeah. yeah. Good looking, man. great voice. Bill Murray, and does he do it for you, Ashley? No. <laughs> I mean, his personality <laughs> aside, what he lacks in personality in this movie, he doesn't make up for in looks. No. Um, Although, the, um, what about what about uh, Egon? The gla- he's yeah, yeah, he's attractive. Yeah, Egon's a good-looking dude as well. Mm-hmm. Janie's uh, cute, but that's not why I wanted to select her as my character. <laughs> Janine. Janine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember her name. <laughs> Um, good choice good choice all right this one this one's gonna be fun how 80s is this 1984 release i don't know where to start i mean but it's high (laughs) where do you want to start let's start with wardrobe okay hair makeup yeah it's well i don't want to say it's off the charts in those categories but they do wear custom uniforms that feel like 
their their jumpsuits basically all the equipment if we if we count the proton packs and stuff as part of their wardrobe if we count the apartments and we count the like electronics mm-hmm. we just lump all that in to together i would say yeah that's super high super mm-hmm. fly on the on super the fly. 84 scale um and what else weaver's like demon dress it's like very 80s. yeah yeah some <laughs> kind of like sheer gold not sheer some kind of um shiny gold flowy number with shoulder pads of course yeah did it have shoulder pads or was it just her shoulder bare shoulders maybe she's that bone it wasn't bare shoulders <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny what their mind will imagine <laughs> so goofy <laughs> the, yeah. the taxi cabs man yeah in mm-hmm. new york new york city 80s new york city yeah. hot dog stand well i guess hot dog stands they still exist yeah, yeah no. but hot dogs peaked in the 80s don't let jamie <laughs> or ashley or anyone fool you or all of New York City full you. Yeah. <laughs> this is a vegan free a vegan future. <laughs> what else? The actors themselves. We got Rick Moranis popping up for the twelfth time in three movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Somehow>. <laughs> uh, always playing the same geeky dude. Uh so that that gets bonus points. Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, these actors were all kind of like in their in their prime in the eighties. Some of them had longer primes than others Mm -hmm. the special effects that you mentioned the combination of special effects and practical effects i don't know the more the more we talk about it the music uh is the music 80s or is it just that song became a big song from the 80s (laughs) (laughs) i think just that song i mean the the music overall is i love the soundtrack but i don't know if i necessarily like associate it with the 80s right i'd say it's that's that's a medium Mm -hmm. um basically what i'm getting at here is is this our most 80s movie yet mm. from my perspective hands down yes yeah hands down yes well com- what's its competition breaking 16 candles yeah 16 candles oh right yeah that's a pretty that's, pretty well, true I, I would say that's definitely it's it's stiffest uh competition mm-hmm. i avoided a pun there you keep know. trying to allude back to the fact that Ron Jeremy's in this film. Mm, stiffest. <laughs> there you go. You, Derek didn't avoid the pun. <laughs> someone's got to. Someone's got to do it. Yeah. Let's. Well, I don't know. What do you think, Derek? You break the tie. Sixteen Candles or Ghostbusters? What's more eighties? Well, he's gonna say Ghostbusters. Yeah, he already did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you are correct. What? But it will not. It will not end up being the most 80s movie i'll just give you a little teaser there Uh-oh. our last little category is should this movie should we recommend a rewatch a remake a sequel a spinoff or some crazy combination of all four a book a magazine yeah uh, well it's it, it's a video game well, let's start with rewatch duh yeah definitely <laughs> okay yeah definitely rewatch yeah for um, sure. Remake. We got a little rabbit hole to fall into here. Because it was it. it was remade <laughs> in twenty sixteen, which we, we referenced earlier. Melissa McCarthy, uh Kate McKinnon, uh Leslie Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, who am I missing? Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, he Chris, was there. Um Kristen Wick. Do you say Kristen Wig? Oh, Kristen Wig. Yep, that's yeah. the one I'm missing. Chris Hemsworth is there, Janine, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So 
there was a lot of parallels, obviously, between the original and the the remake. But I did like, I was wondering, because I didn't remember the Janine character very well. The whole point of Chris Hemsworth's character is that he's dumb as rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he's hot. That's the other point. And that, that combination of attractiveness, it's sort of a, a, a commentary on, you know, like having a hot bimbo in a movie in the 80s. So they make the hot bimbo a dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that that gag, that running gag was really funny. Um, that was not around Jeremy reference. Uh, and then oh, God. the all the individual performers that are in the new Ghostbusters are great. I like mm-hmm. them in a lot of things. Um, I think where the movie uh, loses steam a little bit is just in the fact that it's a remake. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not that it's uh, a problem for me. I I sure hope not that they recast them the the main characters as women because it shouldn't be a problem for anyone. And I also don't have any nostalgia or like a ton of nostalgia for the original like mm-hmm. characters. So that that wasn't going to be a problem for me. Um, I think the problem is just the problem with every remake. It's 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 walking this line between uh, being new or trying to like update things, but also mm-hmm. referencing and repeating some of the same story as the original. And it's cool if they were going to do it, putting um, females in the roles is an interesting spin, but it's still a remake. And uh, it didn't, I didn't, you know, love it as much as I would have loved all four of them in a different type of movie, I would assume. Mm-hmm. So what about, yeah. what did you think of the new one? I, I really liked the new one. Yeah. I thought it was funny. I thought like the special effects, even though they're like very, obviously all computer generated stuff, I mm-hmm. thought they were pretty good. I kind of liked how they didn't bring like Slimer into it, like mm. kept things back in the original. Right. Um, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man wasn't in it, you know, like certain aspects. Right. I thought that was pretty cool that they didn't bring it, try to like remake that part of it. Um, but when the trailer came out, I got so much backlash. It was, um, it became the most disliked trailer in YouTube history. <laughs> this is so embarrassing is, for mankind and, yeah, like, and person kind, I should say. <laughs> but no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I like the original Ghostbusters more, but yeah. I thought it was good. I've tried to, um, I've had some conversations with Jamie and just try to figure out what the, why that response was you know i mean it's not trolls on the internet not exactly a new thing but this just mm-hmm. reached like a level of where it's not the like only the 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 super tiny vocal subset of people on reddit like there's a mainstream million you know 100 million person audience on youtube and the fact that it's still like that the the backlash was that uh, widespread is just very ugly. <laughs> yeah, I guess a bunch of assholes like Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, Bill Murray. Yeah, Bill Murray types. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bill Murray types. <laughs> so, but I'm glad. I'm glad you liked it. I, I, I don't. I feel like you know, none of my criticisms have. <laughs> I, I, this, I feel like I'm trying to be say the the politically correct thing or something, and and say. I, I liked it more than I did. Um, I, I thought it was fine. You know, remakes mm-hmm. that uh, are based on things from the 80s, like like I was saying with the technology and stuff, mm-hmm. it just all feels polished. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's CGI. Um, I thought the humor at times was like, what I kind of liked about the humor in the original is how deadpan it is for mm-hmm. the most part. 
Um, there's some little, a few slapsticky things, um, but slapstick humor just isn't my bag. Well, and a lot of the originals improvised too, so yeah. that's why there's a lot of like deadpan dialogue, which I enjoy as well. Kristen Wiig and and Melissa McCarthy's chemistry in the new one is really good. Kate mm-hmm. McKinnon's doing a she's in a sketch. I mean, yeah, it's funny. She's always funny, but it's it's too broad for my for my taste and and sort of mm-hmm. takes me out of the movie. And it's really ironic that now I'm going to praise Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> It's the male in the, <laughs> in the male in the movie, but uh, he kind of steals. He steals a lot he of the, the scenes. Yeah, he's oh, really I good. Agree. I was very surprised. Yeah. Um. It, the other so on the sequel front, there is already a sequel made to the original or to the third. What, I'm not even sure exactly how the the chron, uh, chronology is going to work, but mm-hmm. it was going to come out in um, July 10th of this year. This summer, it was on the slate. It was scheduled, and then the pandemic happened. So they they preemptively pushed it to March fifth, twenty twenty one. But that is happening. How do you feel about? Are you excited for a sequel with? I guess the male. I haven't even watched the trailer. I haven't watched the trailer either, okay. but I'm not not excited. <laughs> I might watch well, it now watch that it. we rewatch this movie. That might. I want to see if. My gut, or not my gut, my hunch is that I'm gonna have some of the same issues. Like, okay, we don't need, <laughs> we don't need a sequel 30 years later. Mm-hmm. But I'll I'll at least watch the trailer and see if that gets me hyped I, up. I thought this one was dark though, like kind of well, like Batman Begins or whatever yes. Batman movie that was. Or where, Dark yeah. Knight. Yeah, Dark Knight. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Where it got real dark. It's well. Dark. Here's the subtitle: Darker. Ghostbusters afterlife does that sound dark enough for you <laughs> sure afterlife that was terrible ghost um, poppers <laughs> ghost. ghost what was the uh other one smashers ghost smashers yeah. pew pew lasers yeah. <laughs> what uh what do you think derek rewatch for sure what about the other ones remake if it's dark for sure yeah yeah, mm-hmm. I can, the dark it, angle. If it could be like an actual horror film, that'd be really cool. That would be great. Yeah, True. I agree. I doubt they do it, but would it would it work though? I mean, it would. I, I it would definitely be. They should change the genre if they're gonna remake it. I totally agree. Just putting women instead of men, like the oceans, that didn't work for the. Well, we don't need to. I think <laughs> it was the same. The oceans remake with women or mm-hmm. oceans eight was what had some of the same. Uh, horrible backlash but for me personally uh, I didn't watch it <laughs> so, <laughs> I watched it I yeah. enjoyed it yeah it's, it's probably fine um, if they're going to remake this um, which they did and are and have and will they should do a radically different genre and tone but I, I seriously they're, they're branding it as a darker version mm-hmm. um, I, I, I bet that just means there's like a few more scares or something I doubt it's a horror movie, but yeah, I'd be down. Yeah, see, or, see the proton packs like rip people's arms off, like you know, Egon, what if they be- Egon gets sucked into the the that like container? Mm. What if the Ghostbusters are evil and they start killing people instead? Let's well, see. yeah, I mean that could have been this movie. Imagine if they had killed that maid and then just like <laughs> been like fuck it and started just they just want a killing spree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would have. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and the ghosts like join them and like help. Yeah. Yeah, they team up. Ooh, that's a good idea. They can team up with the ghosts and mm-hmm. take over the world. 
And then they can they can even ghost smashers and they're just like smashing people's skulls in too much. Yeah. Ooh, or maybe they are ghosts. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Sure. And the ghosts are the and the other ghosts are the heroes. Maybe Slimer is a good guy and Bill Murray is a bad guy. Oh wait. <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> that's how, no, that's how it already was. Yeah. <laughs> uh one last note on this. Uh how many sequels were there to the Ron Jeremy porn spinoff? Oh, I hope none. Yeah. <laughs> but never too late. Um, he's still working. Right. He's yeah. got well, sex clubs here in Portland. Yeah. Uh, so last, we'll move on. <laughs> no, no, no. Can we, can we please continue to talk about this? Uh, no, I think we're good. <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, we all recommend okay. a rewatch, and if you're gonna remake this freaking movie, you better do it dark, horrific, yeah, gory, gory, yeah, extra gore, smashing. Speaking of extra gore, coming attraction for next week, Derek. So pumped, Steven Spielberg presents Gremlins. <laughs> They're clever, they're <laughs> mischievous, <laughs> they'll get into the kitchen. The basement, <laughs> the garage, they'll get into anything, and once they get in, you're in for it. Gremlin, they'll be expecting you at a special sneak preview Saturday, May 19th, directed by Joe Dante, rated PG. Yeah. I can't wait. That's so fucking awesome. I, I just had a spontaneous Frank the Blank idea. Best things to get into. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we have a I have, we have a better idea that we'll 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 save for next week. Man, <laughs> I, I talked about it last week. This is the movie of the year for me that I've watched the most times and have the closest personal relationship to. I'll save I'll save all that for next week. Um, how hype are you, Ashley? Oh, we heard all your weird noises you were making. Okay, yeah, that's definitely me. I'm very hyped. That wasn't Gizmo. That was Ashley. Can you try and mimic one of them? <laughs> that's that like a, a creepy clown. <laughs> or a horse, I guess. Clown horse. Oh, it's a horror movie for sure. Derek, can you wait? Can you freaking wait? Uh, no. I'm actually watching oh, yeah. it right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't wait also... Why don't you subscribe to the new release podcast by searching new release 1984 on Spotify or Apple podcast. That's a wrap. Finally. We should have played it three times. The winner. Superfly. Mm, you changing your mind? Nope. Oh yeah. Blue Velvet. <laughs>